0: This is the Youth Worker Collective Podcast. We have your back with everything from games, lessons, and coaching. YouthWorkerCollective.com.
1: Welcome to the Youth Worker Collective podcast. I am Jeremy Steele, and I'm really excited to talk today uh, with Scott Meyer once again about some youth ministry. Today, we're going to talk specifically about the task of evaluating youth ministry curriculum. You can write your own stuff, but most people are not professional writers. (laughs) And I can tell you that when I first started writing my own curriculum, it was definitely not as good as the curriculum you could buy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I'm getting the cart before the horse. Scott, can you tell us uh, where you're serving right now?
0: Yeah, I'm Scott Meyer, and I'm serving as the director of student ministries at McFarland Memorial United Methodist Church in Norman, Oklahoma.
1: Right. So Scott, tell me, Where do you start when you're trying to evaluate curriculum for youth ministry?
0: Yeah, as I was thinking about it, it all depends on um, how much time I've allowed myself to plan for something. You know, like when you wake up on a Sunday morning and you realize, oh my gosh, I need to plan my Sunday school lesson,
1: You
0: (laughs) just Google something. Uh, There's no evaluation there. And uh, the theology is probably pretty bad. You know, part of what I think is really important is to give yourself time to evaluate. And so you have to be willing to look kind of far in advance and and to think about the topics. But to me, it takes a lot of time. And it's not just one of those things where you can pull off something off of a shelf, run it through the copy machine and hand it out to adult leaders. I don't think those days are where we are anymore. And so being able to look at things with where your church is at in mind, what it is you want your students to be learning and where it is you're taking them. And then also uh, theological integrity, Uh, just because something is in print does not mean that it has integrity. And so I think a lot of it, you know, you have to decide, you have to ask yourself, where am I? Where's my church? Where are my students? students and where are we heading?
1: Yeah, I think that's really important. Really what you've got to start with is defining the setting in which it's going to happen, including your church, your (laughs) theological position. and, And I think, you know, one thing that people sometimes miss out on when they're getting that down is like, how much time do we actually have for it? Because sometimes you have a Sunday school hour, you know, it's, Technically an hour, but you don't ever start right at the hour. Nobody's right, right, right. And (laughs) you want to have time to hang out afterwards. So when it boils down to it, you're actually if you time it out, you're sitting down for 20 minutes or 30 minutes. Listen, some of these curriculums are designed for a whole hour, like a whole hour. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a whole hour to give to it, you or whoever you give that to is going to find it to be really frustrating, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's exactly right. And I think the other thing too is you have to be looking at, you know, one of the things I like to do series, but I also mm-hmm. know that say you do a four week series, you might have kids that are only there two of the four weeks or right. one of the four weeks or whoever sees the same kids four weeks in a row. And exactly. so I like to look for stuff that's, that can both be a standalone and a part of a series so that if you do have somebody who comes multiple times, they can kind of see where it's building. Mm-hmm. But also then if they come on the third week, it's not like they had to be there the first and the second week in order to get the stuff that you want out of the third week.
1: Yeah. And you can tell that in the curriculum when you're looking at it, you'll notice if they imply earlier content by saying earlier, we talked about that. Right. right exactly. They're not saying yeah. what it was we talked about. Uh, I call it episodic, which means mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's the same theme, but each episode, each week is yes. a self-contained unit. Right. That yep. stands yeah. alone. Uh, episodic is different from like a continual type of curriculum. Exactly. And yeah. I'm the same way. I, I want it to be episodic. I want it to be a theme. I want to be able to say, you know, we're talking about Jesus. <laughs> that's that's a, horrible thing. <laughs> that's a good we're one. We're <laughs> talking about friends right? Or peeps or whatever. Man, I sound so old right now. Um, you did. <laughs> you totally but did. we're talking about that or we're talking about sharing our faith or whatever. But each week is a separate topic. How do you evaluate theology? Is there a quick and dirty way to say this is good theology? So we're,
0: we are a, a middle of the road church. And so, and I, and I say that because we have people literally on both sides of the spectrum and probably an equal number on each. And so when, when I'm looking at something theologically, I want to make sure that I am leaving lots and lots of room for discussion and conversation. Mm -hmm. Our kids, I've got a group of kids that like to talk and kind of like to discover answers on their own. And so I want to make sure that it's going to be a curriculum that is leaving room for lots of conversation, questions that are not just simplistic. You know, in verse four, what was the third word and what did it mean? That that just turns them off. But to be able to ask open-ended questions that really create conversation and then things that are not announced. I mean, there are certain spiritual truths. And so I'm not saying that we run from that and we should never run from that, but there are certain things that you can have a conversation on and that people are going to have different kinds of views on. And how can we bring everybody together to find commonality? And I want curriculum that's going to do that. It's going to bring everybody to the table to be able to have lots of conversation Mm -hmm. for there to be space to hear each other and then to help kids draw some conclusions on their own. Because my honest belief is if you get to a conclusion on your own, it's much more solid than if somebody tells you what believe,
1: Yeah. That's one of the things that when in curriculum writing world, you talk about it as the way the curriculum views the learner, right? Mm -hmm. Um, How active that person is in the learning process and how passive they are. Are they like, are are they receiving content from you or are they sort of discovering content? Right. Um, and, you know, some curriculum is more discussion based, like you're talking about. Some is more activity based. And then some is more teacher based, right? There's an upfront mm-hmm. person delivering the content. And, you know, in an upfront person delivering the content and then in a breakout discussion, that has a less active view of the learning experience. So, like, they passively mm-hmm. receive stuff, then they process it. Whereas something that just gives a, an idea and guides you through questions sees the learners as more active in the process. And the important thing is different things work with different groups. Some right. groups will not talk if you're asking them those kind of questions, like they're not going to lead down that path. And then sometimes depending on the content, you just can't discuss something that you have no knowledge about. And so you need Mm -hmm. some passivity in order to bring the knowledge to the forefront. So that's important as well. I think the other pieces, so I want to look at who's publishing it. Absolutely. Um, And so there are a couple of, publishing houses that have a distinctly Wesleyan viewpoint, which is the Methodist tradition. So Abingdon is that. Seedbed is that. And they are really distinctly Wesleyan. So I look at the publisher and then I look at the author. So for example, I've written a book slash curriculum called All the Best Questions, right? It's not with a Wesleyan publishing house. It's with Beaming Books and Spark House. But the writer is Wesleyan. I'm a United Methodist elder. So I know that that person is not going to be way outside of the bounds of what we think is okay in the Methodist church. Whereas if you go to a Catholic curriculum or a Southern Baptist curriculum, my like the publishing house or the author is not Wesleyan. My antennas get raised up and I've got to really look at what's going on there. Logically. Right. Yeah. How do you navigate that? Well, no. And what I agree
0: with everything and I'd even read your stuff. See, so I think you're an okay author. So, <laughs> I, but and no, you're right. And so, and it's okay for us to judge that who published it and who is the author, you know, another piece to all of that, I think that doesn't directly answer your question, but I think it's important that all of us learn how to write curriculum. And so if there's right. an opportunity to take a curriculum writing class, there's some on, line things that you can do, but somewhere where you kind of understand how to write curriculum because every piece of curriculum has to be adapted to your group, either for time, because like you said, something's been created for an hour and you have 20 minutes. Sometimes it's going to have content that you may not think is appropriate for the age group or for the church or for some setting. And other times you're going to find that, say you buy a curriculum, it's a three week long curriculum that you're going to decide then, but you know, I want to draw that out into four or five weeks and then you're going to need to do some adaptability. And so being able to write quality curriculum and kind of know what you're doing so that the people who are hearing it and leading it are able to do that without having to navigate a lot of, you know, wondering what you meant. Yeah, so yeah. Learning how to write curriculum is huge.
1: Yeah. And I found that for me, I now write a lot of different curriculum, including like, I have people that will, their church is going on a retreat and they want a small group curriculum and they'll give me the theme the Bible verses, and I'll write the curriculum for them. I also write for different publishers, both you'll see it with my name on it and you'll see it with someone else's name on it, like a, just a, a kind of white box sort of curriculum. And But I got started doing exactly what you're talking about. So the way I figured out how curriculum worked is first by adapting curriculum what you're doing in adapting curriculum if you kind of engage critically. And that's, I think, the distinction you're making is you've got to swap it up. And either we can just mm-hmm. say, oh, that's not going to work. We're going to do this. Or you can be more engaged. It takes a little bit more time. It's so like, why is this? Why does this not work here? Right? So what is it about this that's not good? And it might be not good for this setting, or it might just be, if, to be honest, it might just be not good. But understanding why and what you are doing to change it. What it's doing is it's starting to make you think like a curriculum writer. So that's important. And then I really do think a course, not just on writing, but on teaching education, like a Christian education course, it helps you understand some of the theory behind things of how the brain works and learns. Just an education kind of course is really helpful in writing and learning how to write better curriculum. And then you just use your group as a guinea pig. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. I used to love writing the curriculum for our retreats. I wouldn't write every single week curriculum. We we had something that was plug and play that I would download (laughs) and pass out. For most of our stuff. But for the retreats, I had enough lead time and it was only four or five lessons that I could carve out a couple of days to really power through it. Um, mm-hmm. That was a, a really helpful way to learn how to do that. And when you're the youth pastor and something didn't work on a retreat with a, you know, at a camp with a bunch of teenagers, you know about it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right away. And- <laughs> That's right. Which is very different. You know, like when I write a curriculum for somebody else, you know, especially if it's like being used on some youth group's trip somewhere, I may never know if it, <laughs> if it went Right. Yeah. That's right. That's you know? right. So I've got They to, get the feedback, not you. They do. And it's a lot harder. You can't start there. Right. The only way you get right. to a place where you can try to do some more universal things is to have done it in your home kind of.
0: Yeah. You know, another thing that's really important is to ask your colleagues, what are they using and what do they think? There's a lot of stuff out there that's packaged to look really, really cool and everybody's using it, but that doesn't necessarily make it quality. And and curriculum also has to be user-friendly, both for the person who's leading it and for the the student who's hearing it Mm -hmm. and the small group leaders and the youth pastor and all that kind of stuff. And the days of pulling something off of a shelf and making a copy and handing it out, that's just, not good youth ministry right. and it takes time and to be able to plan out in advance what you're going to do is really really important
1: right and you know to that end one of the things that i love free curriculum i like free curriculum because there's <laughs> uh, there is free curriculum out there and what's nice is you, basically if you're gonna have to adapt the curriculum why should you have to pay a bunch of money for it Right. Right. And so that's one of the things actually that I love that the Youth Worker Collective and Discipleship Ministry does together is we do a weekly curriculum. We're closing in on a whole year's worth. And it's at UMC youngpeople.org slash about slash worship dash theme dash lessons dash four (laughs) dash youth but it's worship theme lessons for youth so that's the idea if you just google umc young people worship lessons for youth it'll come up but it's series and it's written by all the people that you Love from the Youth Worker Collective. You've written some. I've written some. Dave McGee from Church of the Resurrection. Betsy Marvin. All of the greatest hits, right? our writers here on this curriculum. And it's fantastic. And it's free. So it's, you know, the theology is going to be fine. You don't have to worry about anything wacko uh, coming out of this. And it's just solid. It's got an activity. It's got a Bible stuff. It's got discussion. It's got some sort of like icebreaker. It's like the the kind of big components that you need. You can pick and choose. You can do it however you need. And it's not going to cost you a thousand dollars a year to use it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's it's good stuff.
0: And it really is good stuff.
1: What I love is now that we've got 12 months and we're keeping going, you know, we're every week that we're releasing it. It means that like we've got Easter done. So like if you want to use the Easter that we're doing this year, you can wait till that. But if you're like a super planner and you want to know what you're doing in Easter in January, done. Got it. It's right here. Right. Yeah, exactly. So you dial back a year <laughs> and you can go way out. One of the things that is really great about finding curriculum that is somebody else has written for you is that you can impress your parents. Right. You have that parent <laughs> meeting in January. And you say, here's the scripture and the topic for the next four months. They're like, "Yep, oh my gosh. You're going to be so this impressed. You, who <laughs> is this was guy? This kind of organized. Did he go take some sort of organization class? What happened? And all you did was download the curriculum and type it right. into the form you passed out. Uh, but it's great. And you know, you've got it when you got reliable curriculum. Is It's like a pressure is taken off. Like, okay. oh, absolutely. You know, like you're not on a Saturday night being like, oh my gosh, I've got to come up with something. You don't come up with right. something. You got right. it. Right. Right. Maybe you yeah. didn't. Yeah. Read it until Saturday night, which let's not do that. But
0: yeah, let's not. Yeah, let's not encourage that. Yeah, and I think that's why. Where um, also, when you're talking about curriculum, being able to archive it, and whether that if you're you know using stuff that you've downloaded, put it in a place where you can easily access it. If you have books, making sure that you have them organized in a way that you can can see what the subject are and those kinds of things. Curriculum is best used when you're planning it out. Mm-hmm. Curriculum is not meant to be pull off the shelf and wing it. And so you still have to take time. It's not. Good curriculum and good use of curriculum may not necessarily save you minutes, but it's going to create lasting impressions and it's going to be able to help guide your group in the direction that you feel called for them to go.
1: Absolutely. And if you've got volunteer leaders, it's really helpful to be able to give them all of it. Just be able to say, "Okay, here it is. So they can on their timetable do their own planning, their own prep and make sure that they've got it as well. Yeah. Right. So in all of that's the, the kind of things you have to think when you're evaluating the curriculum, because at the end of the day, you've got to have the solid theology. It's got to actually connect with teenagers. And then there's a, a time and money issue, right? Mm hmm. Like, how much, how long is it going to take? How long is it going to take me to prep it, revise it? And then how much money is this costing me? All of that's got to all be sort of factored in there. Scott, thank you so much for chatting with us today, giving us these tips and tricks about uh, evaluating curriculum. And that's really what we're here for at the Youth Worker Collective. We don't want you to feel like you have to do this all by yourself, but whenever you get online to work, you're not doing it by yourself. Uh, but instead, you can work with us, with the collective. We want to be your uh, first source for games and lessons and ideas and coaching. All that's available at youthworkercollective.com and more podcasts like this one at com slash podcast.